0: A city of justice, a city of love, a city of peace for every one of us. We all need it, can't live without it. A Gotham City,
1: oh yeah. Hello, and you are listening to The Gotham Chronicle, powered by the Batmanuniverse.net Check out the TheBatmanUniverse.net for other great Batman podcasts. And I have with us two co-hosts, but I can only have one. One of you, Donovan, has that it factor. The other one, Stella, is a really good singer. I want you guys to fight to the death in this back alley.
2: <laughs> I'm going to talk about that later on. But uh, get some ice, because my lip's going to be bloody for a while.
0: I mean... Really? We, we all know that you would choose Donovan over me, so I don't even know why you're making us fight. Are you blind that <laughs> I kiss
2: better than you? <laughs> why do you
0: always say that? Because it's the truth.
1: Only one of you has been the Florida.
2: I just need to let my hair down and take off my heels and you know, let let these dukes fly. So.
1: so in this episode, entitled Arkham, there is a major vote coming up over what will happen to the arkham incorporated area in gotham also known as apparently arkham city on the map you know for fans of the video game uh boss moroni wants it to be like a waste management place and uh carmine falcone wants it to be low income housing and you know somewhere in the middle of all this is a question of what will happen to the asylum people are being murdered which affects the vote so it's up to the dynamic duo of harvey bullock and james gordon to get to the bottom of it meanwhile fish mooney is uh auditioning people to sing at her bar. But not only to sing at her bar, she wants a weapon. So she has a choice between two people. So as we alluded to in the intro, they have to fight to the death. Meanwhile, Oswald Cobblepot continues to try and work his way up the ladder in Maroney's restaurant. And the only way to get a promotion is to kill everyone else that works there, which works out well for him. He also uh, tries to get Jim Gordon on his side. And Barbara wants to know, channeling her Lana Lang, you know, from a Smallville Impression, wants to know Jim Gordon's big secret, but because he won't give it to her, she leaves him forevers. But she does get out of the house. And that pretty much sums up this week's Gotham.
2: It was funny, because I remember seeing the credits at the beginning, and they showed like all the main cast characters, and I figured, are these characters going to be in every episode? But I don't think we saw Selena Kyle in this episode, so that's the only thing I'd mention.
1: It's the first Selena kyle this episode.
2: She doesn't speak, nor appear.
1: Uh, no Karin Falcone this episode, either. Tis true... Uh, So thoughts on the episode. Let's start with Stella because she says that I always picked on over her.
0: Well, I fell asleep, so I had to stop, take my little nap, and then uh, continue watching right at the big moment of uh... (laughs) – Here's the thing. I have a really big problem with the names. And I feel like Smallville, they had really clever names for what was going on, like Obscura and and things like that. Uh, But this one – have like these really important names like selena kyle and and you'd think that it would have to do with what's going on in the episode but i think it's it's only like obliquely related to it because it was called arkham so i mean at the back you know the background of everything is like this fight for arkham but really it's you know this it's a it's really about this war that could potentially break out and also building up the tension between Moroni and Falcone. Uh, So again, I don't know. I I just have, I'm just sort of irked, I think by, by these titles. Selena Kyle, I mean, really you're introducing her but she didn't have much you should have called a doll maker or something like that so just a little frustration there what did i think about this episode um i think it had its good moments and its bad moments to be honest um it wasn't as strong as, as as an episode as previous ones uh jim gordon continues to carry it i think um Detective-wise, I, I think he did a good job. And Penguin, I'm really liking Penguin. There was just a moment when I was watching mm-hmm. and I'm like, you know what, uh, he could potentially be my favorite character right now because I just love what's going on. And I actually really thought when everything was going on, I'm like, I bet Penguin set this up because it was clear that they were going for this manager and then everything else, you know, they were taking care of it. So I'm like, I, I feel like he set this up and then when they're eating the... Um, yeah, I was like, they're probably poisoned. But I,
1: oh, especially because like, he was so shifty while giving it to them. Yeah, here just, you go. Do I you just, do you want some? Oh, no, no, no. I'm just going to sit here and stare at you eat with a smile on my face.
0: I just think that he's doing a fantastic job, and I think that he is so well written. But there were just really weird Plots overall. Um, So setting up the mob bosses was interesting. I thought it was a little weird that they wouldn't realize that they had employed the, the same assassin. I feel like you would kind of know that. Um, and I don't know. The assassin could have been a really cool character to deal with. but And, and you know what? When he was doing this whole thing with, uh, you know, look into this eyepiece. <laughs> it totally reminded me of The Phantom, if you remember that, from the 90s starring Billy Zane. Where oh. the villain had this microscope and he's like, yeah, come over and look. And then, like, they were supposed to, when they zoomed in, it like, it went in their eyeball. It reminded me of that. So, I don't know. I, I feel like they could have had a... Uh, uh, a better assassin. So not the best, but I think Penguin really shone. And then Jim Gordon, apart from Barbara King, which Barbara King got out of the apartment, BT dubs.
2: Yeah. High five.
0: So she uh, went to the loft from
1: Smallville.
0: Not the best in my opinion. Well, um, I, I think
2: I might not disagree that this wasn't the sharpest episode, but I do say that, I uh, enjoyed this the most since the pilot. I really did. I think the, the acting really carried it off to me. I think from like the very beginning, from the first scene of, uh, of um, you know, them r- kind of like getting back to the cliffhanger, he uh, smash cut to Ben McKenzie shoving Cobblepot against the wall. I thought I told you to never come back here. I should have killed you when I had the chance. I thought that was really good acting. I was really I was like, wow, this, it's not just, you know, character angry acting, but like I really got the sense that like he was like just so appalled by seeing Cobblepot there that like he was it was really cool. Um and then they get to like the whole uh you know plot of the episode where like the guy says, Oh look at this thing I had made. Just just look, just look, just look. Snitch, and now I'll kill you. That was that was stupid, but but it was dumb in a very, very funny way. <laughs> because what's he gonna do just kind of chase people around with this like this like woodwind instrument. So um I thought that was kind of silly. Overall, like, I thought that the episode I thought I was more interested in most things going on. Um I think that like the acting was interesting. I think there there are a lot of parts in this that I kind of scoffed at, but it, it scoffed kind of a I guess it, it it was entertaining more so than anything else. Uh and I really I had myself I really found myself really enjoying it. So I guess I'll get into more details later. But uh this might not be the best episode, but um it didn't affect my enjoyment. In fact in some instances it enhanced it.
1: <laughs> this for me was um, I enjoyed this episode the least out of all the episodes that we've gotten so far. <gasps> and I, I wonder if it has to do with the environment in which I watched it then, Because, like, um, yeah, I am a believer that, you know, environment does affect how you enjoy something. Like, if you're having and, a bad day or you're yeah. in a rush. Uh-huh. Um, so, the you know, the pilot I saw in Hall H with you guys. And, you know, we had a big sense of euphoria. And we had just spoken with the cast. So... We had some personal investment with it, so I really, really, really enjoyed the pilots. Um, the second and the third episode I saw at the gym while I was working out. Um, what I do is – like the gym, the YMCA by me, they have these uh, special machines where there's TVs attached to the treadmills, and you put your headphones in, so – I don't know if um, that made me enjoy them more or less. Uh, This one, when I got back from a trip last night, I was jet lagged. I was kind of tired as I was watching it. And I watched it again um, today, you know, before the episode, because I usually try and watch them twice just to, in case there's anything I missed. And maybe it's because I was tired or whatever. But this episode, um, I feel like mythology-wise, we moved a lot of the chess pieces around. And, you know, a lot of the plot lines were advanced so in a way, like, I should have enjoyed this more than I did, but to me, this was, (laughs) I was kind of bored a few times during this, I I mean, I wasn't really digging it, and I was actually, maybe this is just a, you know, a viewer comprehension thing on my part, but I was a little confused about, like, you know, what was going on sometimes, like, okay, like, Stella said that they both hired the same assassin, and like, I, I don't know if that was explicitly stated, but that, that's probably what happened I think it was, yeah, it was, so yeah, like that whole thing confused me, and the whole like, oh, Maroni wants Arkham to be waste management, and Falcone wants it to be this, but like who hired the guy, and it, and like you know, at the end, when the mayor's like, we'll do both, and Bruce Wayne's like, this won't stand, and Jim's like, yeah, but a war didn't break out i it.
2: Um, I think that actually brings it. Like you mentioned, it brings up a point that like I, I, I'm pretty sure they explicitly say that the both Falcone and Maroni, or Falcone and Maroni, uh, hired the same guy. But what, but they they realize that through the killer's means by like oh there's a so and so inch hole in these people in the victims' bodies. Wouldn't one of those crime bosses realize that that the, the, mm-hmm. the killer's playing both sides? <laughs> they get on
1: Snapchat with the each other and like, Maroney, you are never going to believe what happened. You're going to laugh at <laughs> this. Oh my god, the same guy. This is so embarrassing. It's Ryan I Black. Know. <laughs> <laughs> I know, you know. Wait till Lou Moxon hears about this. He's going to totally laugh us out of the next crime boss meeting.
2: <laughs> We're the laughing sucker of the Gotham City Mafia. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my god. Uh, so... <sighs> I don't know. I, I liked the killer. Um, I mean, and now that we've both done our general thoughts on the, all three of us have done our general thoughts on the episode. We can get into like our thoughts on the main plot, which is this Arkham thing. And one thing that the show was good at is like showing these horrifying ways of people dying, like in Balloon Man. You know, like it,
2: it's kind of creative these executions,
1: like, like the guy in the barrel who like they pour the gasoline on him and like he's begging for his life as he knows what's about to happen like that was that was horrifying you know which makes good television but yeah the other one was like stupid like look into this thing go ahead i voted for you i swear
2: <laughs> I honestly think they like the way they're doing this thing, and I, I'm not. Again, it's not a big dig against the show because, hey, it's Gotham City and Gotham is weird forever. But like, it it feels like like they could like at least uh, spend another time, put another draft through it, or I guess I guess another run through uh, the first draft, because like really, uh, the balloon thing was was sort of extreme. Although it was, it was at least eye catching and inventive. This was literally. Look into my, my thing that I made. Isn't this schnicked schnitz? And now I'll do the same thing to you. Like I'm not sure how that guy didn't escape. <laughs> he, he, he ran into a phone booth and like trapped himself because the plot said so.
1: <laughs> I mean uh, – um, It reminds me of the Penguin's umbrella. I was like, wondering <laughs> if like, that's what this was going to become.
2: I did think that the guy was really – I really like the actor, though. He had a really, really deep – uh, interesting voice that I may have heard in a video game or something, but I, I thought I thought that was pretty cool.
1: What What did you think about when you saw the words Arkham City on the map? I don't think I saw that. I think I missed that. Really? <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's right there in plain sight. I was like, "Wow, we're doing this already!" Like, we talked about all the things that are coming before he becomes Batman, and like the plot of the second video game.
2: Well, yeah. You know, to be honest, personally speaking, Arkham season, the Arkham games aren't that big of a deal to me because I've not played through all of them. Mm-hmm. So they, they probably register with me a lot, lot, not as quick as it might with uh, most other people.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I like Bullock's interrogation methods. Like as he just gets more, fr- it's clear that he has nothing. But like he just gets angrier and angrier when he's interrogating the wrong person. He's like, "We got witnesses, I swear." And <laughs> he's like, "And Jim Gordon just walks away, like, <laughs> like okay, whatever. This isn't our guy. Give it up."
2: I like uh, this is this is a scene that comes on later, but I like um, when. Um, Gordon says, you can't seriously be this lazy. He's like, maybe I'm just smarter than you ever consider that. And, like, Gordon's like, yeah, I considered it. Like, he's like, oh, please. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was a nice bit of acting from both the actors. But I don't, I don't know much else on the uh, the main plot. It was, uh, it sure was a plot.
1: It, it, it was it's really though. weird
2: because usually the main plot we do not have a lot to say on. We just, just that is goofy. And, uh, and it was also kind of wrapped up quickly. I remember by the time it was wrapped up, there was like seven minutes left in the show.
1: I, I love the I love at the end, like, the killer's, you know, like, last uh, last moment, he's like, all right, but I always get that boom, 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 boom. <laughs> because that, that whole time when the mayor was just standing there and the killer still had his weapon, I was like, okay, he's going to do one last, like, villainous lunge before they arrest him. Feels like a video game, he you can know, always like, double you gotta, over there. Yeah, so I, li- I, li- I like his thing, he's like, oh, I always finish
2: the job, and then they shoot him. Death before dishonor.
0: I think it was probably, obviously, as it should be, it was the strongest piece of the episode. Uh, and it certainly is interesting because it connects back to Martha and Thomas, as it should. And I think that's what's keeping people interested. And it's also be uh, able to keep Bruce connected to the entire storyline. And uh, I don't think it was forced, because I, I think that's something we have to watch out for, that are we forcing Bruce Wayne to continue to pop up in these episodes when he really can take no part? But I think so far, what we've seen even in Balloon Man and all of this, that it's really nice and organic how, how things are coming together. And it's I, I think it's, it's really interesting just to take these two characters that, for the most part, I mean authors have really played with them I think and and added depth to them um, really recently I I should think and should say but this I think is nice just because we're adding depth to Martha and Thomas and you know here's this idea that they had and they actually play a huge part to the city and without them there's going to be this city in turmoil and now you know how do these two mob bosses have to you know what part are they playing in all of this and and how is Arkham coming in together so a lot of pieces that you wouldn't imagine working well together, but it comes I think it comes together well in the end. I'm a little disappointed with the ending, just that the mayor played both sides and I think he he had I mean, his life was in danger, so there's probably no other way to do it. He was feeling pressure from both sides. So, of course, he's going to take a split and do both of them. But I almost wish that he would have gone one way or the other or, you know, just stayed with, you know, the best or whatever the the Wayne uh, vision was. So I am a little disappointed just that he he cowered slightly and, and he decided to compromise. But what can you do when your life potentially is threatened but I think it's you know it's great we're adding you know Batman you think of Batman and you think of uh, detectives would you get a little sense of that I think with Bruce and then you think of crime fighting and and a superhero and things like that but politics and social activism and things like that I feel like are not really words that connect so easily with Batman and that's something that this TV show is actually attempting to really investigate. And and I think that this was the first push for it. And I think that this plot, which was the plot that I liked the most, worked out. Um, Just the assassin thing, I think, was a little off. I understand the assassination. I think that was great. What if they would have had two assassins and then had, like, a battle royale between the two? Still think it's a little weird that there was only one. and, And, you know, if we stuck with this one, could we have developed him a little bit more and had him... Continue on and not get killed off, maybe. But yeah, so I I, I liked the main plot.
1: The, the you mentioned the mayor. He is a great BSer. Like the way he's able to spin things on camera. He's like, yes, you know, this is a compromise, and um, you know, this is great. And the way he's able to communicate, it reminds me of in the Selena Kyle episode when he like looks at Jim Gore and he's like. That, that is a great, you know, objection that you had to my plan, you know. I, I appreciate your input. Do we now think that, now that we know a little bit more about what this Arkham thing is and what Maroney wanted, is it possible that Maroney had the Waynes killed so he can get the Arkham votes?
2: It seems that, like, a lot of the gangsters haven't seen the Wayne deaths as a positive thing. So... If that's the case, I think that like Maroni might be a lot more of an ambitious crime, uh, crime boss than uh, Fish and Falcon are expecting. Um, but I don't think they're going to do that way go go that way because I mean they could, but um, I I really think that like you know there I, I don't know that like Maroni. He doesn't seem to be somebody who would be that calculating. He kind of, they really kind of are playing him. as like, ah, oh, Don Moroni and my boy Frankie, and I own this Italian restaurant uh, kind of thing. And he's like Luigi from The Simpsons. So like, I don't, <laughs> I'm not really getting that kind of like uh, he would be, you expect the killer of the brains, like at least in this show to be somewhat of a more mastermind-y kind of character. And I'm not saying the Moroni is necessarily stupid, but I'm not getting that vibe from uh, the show.
0: I think it's, we, I I feel like we haven't really heard Mulroney talk about the Waynes, but we have heard Falcone talk about the Waynes. So I I, I think that there's a potential for that, especially since he is against Mulroney, um, that potentially this is, this could have been his, uh, his, his idea, who knows.
1: Yeah, well, and Bruce supposits it in this episode, so I feel like it's a little early to be figuring that out, but then again, it, I thought it was early for Cobblepot to come face to face with James Gordon again, so mm-hmm. you never know. But I guess, you know, t- while, while talking about Maroney and Cobblepot, it is a good point to transition to the other plot line, which is Oswald Cobblepot's rise to the top of uh, Maroney's crime. Uh, that was gang. really cool. I, I, I agree with that was at the top right of the
0: restaurant, I wouldn't say the crime thing, but he's he's stepping well, he, up. He,
1: but but he's yeah, that th- that's his ultimate goal. That's why I say like rise to the top. Like he he hasn't risen all the way up there yet, but he's manager now. He couldn't even get a dishwasher job last episode because of his shoes. Yeah, he so. had to
0: kill somebody. I like that they're doing
2: it very gradually, though. It's like you know he's. Uh, kind of disappears from Gotham, then he comes back, dishwasher, then a manager of a restaurant, you know, he sees things, but he's already, he's already showing himself to be a criminal mastermind, or, okay, not mastermind exactly, but...
1: He uh, it's pretty masterminding what he did this episode you know he did a much better job uh well, I don't, I don't, from when I, he I don't held to water down the term. Wrestling. you know
2: what i mean i don't i don't, don't want to say he's a matchmind just because he tricked some stupid people into stealing money but like he, he's he's definitely smart he's not he's not, he's, a, he's a very like conniving fellow and you can see that like you know being used he to he got rid things.
1: of his competition without like you know his superiors realizing it and then he was able to kill the very people that he hired with poison in a sneaky way. Yeah, I, mean, I, 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 I would say that that's masterminding. I guess it's just, you know... Uh, Whatever you not... say, mastermind.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Mind. Oh, I'll try that very well. Yeah. Um, I, I, think, I think it's just, I, I would rather save the, the term, I, my personally, I would like to save the term for a more, I don't know, grandiose scheme, I suppose. But no, like Sela said earlier, I really just liked, because I, I did not see the whole twist coming at the very end. And he's in his like you know penguin suit, and I love Robin Lord Taylor's acting when like he's just sitting there and says, "Oh, you want some?" And he's, he just like just waves his hand. He's like, "No, you guys go ahead." And you know that he poisoned it. You're just waiting for them to die. But <laughs> oh yeah, it's really fun seeing him. He he is he he's a he is a uh, discovered treasure in this series. I think that actor. He's very very good. And it's a different type of penguin, but it's still recognizably the penguin. You know what I mean? So, like, I, I, I'm, I, I, I think that he's, um, his plotline's not my favorite, but I think it's being handled the best in the show.
1: I would say that this was probably his finest hour since the pilot. Yeah, you know, he has he has things in the most control. He also um, had his visit with Jim Gordon, which. Oh I I don't know what I, when when he said I had nowhere else to go I was like wait is he going to is he going to be their roommate now you I know mean,
2: like <laughs> of his old, you know like like there's a war coming war games it's a terrible story and you're not it. but like I mean that to me I I like the fact that Gordon said would you stop talking in circles and tell me what are you talking about like there's a war coming over Arkham City or whatever I thought that was a bit too like I don't know vague or whatever like, like, that's a very specific thing to say and then not explain what you're talking about. And he says, oh, it's it, I, I can see it all happening now as though I were in Oracle of some sorts. Like, Moroni and uh, Falcone, they're going to destroy the city. And that that's, a, that's something that's probably going to be uh, wrapped up by the end of the season. So,
1: I, I, I kind of, Probably even sooner. Like, that, at the speed that they're going, it wouldn't surprise me. I don't get what he accomplished with his visit to Jim Gordon. Just like, hey, just letting you know I'm alive and you're going to be my ally. Like, he, he walked away without getting what he wanted. Although I think it was clear that
2: uh, sticking around wasn't the best idea. He's, he's
1: here. Kill me right now. He said.
2: Uh, allegiance was just, a, just to offer his services to him, I guess. And that's what I'm here, and I'm sure I'm coming to you to, to offer my allegiance and friendship, even though I'm, I'm sure you don't like me very much.
1: Well, he, he's doing what he did in the pilot with uh, Crispus and uh, Montoya, where like he's basically now like the snitch because uh, he was calling Gordon like, "Hey, just letting you know, this is what's up." okie dokey. Except you know now he's doing it to Gordon instead of Alan and Montoya. But I mean, I guess he doesn't want Alan and Montoya to know that he's alive.
0: Yeah, I think uh, well, it was a weird move uh, on (laughs) on his part. Certainly, Um, I guess "weird" is not really the word, but (laughs) it just a little dangerous. Uh, I, I can hardly believe that he would think there'd be a warm reception. I like the fact that he he likes Jim. Even though it's probably one-sided. But, you know, everyone who crosses paths with Penguin, I think, normally gets the axe because they're either mean to him, uh, whether justly or unjustly, or um, basically don't give him a fair shake at things, kind of like the manager there. And Jim is the first person I think that showed him kindness, though in a you know in a, a strange and violent way, and I think he feels like he owes him. Um, Josh, you and I were talking about the you know the lady Miss Bunting on Downton Abbey, and I feel like. Like she has her shtick, what she's doing with her revolutionary talk at dinner. He very much has his shtick where each episode seems like he keeps on saying that there's a war coming. <laughs> um, I do have to say that this has come up quite a bit and, and I think that's a weakness in the writing. Just, my goodness, we get it. And it's funny because the first time Jim Gordon is leading him out, he's like, there's a war coming and he thinks he's crazy. But this time Jim Gordon's actually listening to him as he says there's a war coming. And uh, I mean, they're obviously is and I think Jim, even though it's dangerous to have Cobblepot around, recognizes that he's somehow on the inside and he knows that something is going to happen. I don't think that he completely trusts him, but it seems like we are going to have this strange handler agent sort of thing, um, though perhaps one person wants it and one person doesn't. Because even at the end, Cobblepot calls him and says, hey, this is about, you know, this is what's about to happen. And, you know, Cobblepot is used to that because he's working with the Major Crimes Unit. So, or was it SCU, Special Crimes Unit? So uh, he's used to it and I think he trusts Jim and now he wants Jim to trust him. My question is, you know, for what reason is he going to try to use, I mean, what are his motives for trying to get Jim to trust Is it just he's thanking him? Chess pieces. Is this... I don't understand. Is this a way to thank him in order to, uh, is this a way to thank him because his life, you know, was saved by Jim Gordon or, you know, is there something else? Does he think that he can use him later on when this war is erupting? But uh, I do like this relationship. It's going to be super strange. It's never going to be a friendly relationship, but, but I, I think it's pretty interesting. I can't wait to see more. And I don't think that we can force it together. I think it's got to be these little bits and pieces, little calls on the phone. Jim Gordon's upset, obviously, and it's going to get dangerous. I think pretty pretty quickly pretty soon but Cobblepot I think is really emerging as one of my favorite characters and just really smart and intelligent in what he's doing and he's someone that you constantly underestimate as anyone in the show and so I think because of this you know because of his walk and everything and very much like you know Claudius who was an emperor um, shortly after Augustus so it took him a while to get there because he had you know he had a, a stutter he, he had this you know bum leg so very much <laughs> You know, underestimate, but he was super intelligent, and I, I think in a mm-hmm. similar way, like physical defects really hamper you. But and so everyone's overlooking him, and you know he's got this stutter. He's like, "Uh, uh, uh I apologize, pardon me." And but look at what he's doing, and I just think he's fantastic, and I really love Robin Lord ta- Taylor. Now that he's gone, spoilers from The Walking Dead, here he is. So <laughs> can't oh, okay. wait to see more Penguin.
2: Okay, um, I had a theory about uh why he showed up to Gordon I, I, th- I think that he wants to use Gordon he see he recognizes Gordon as a good guy and he thinks that like if I have this guy's trust I can use him to my advantage when I get on top and you know use him however I want to uh, when I need to because he this is an asset that nobody realizes is out there and I want to take advantage of it so that's, that's my take on that uh,
1: I think he also knows that he can control Gordon because he knows that like Gordon when pushed up against the wall and the pilot would not kill him. So he knows that, like, basically he can show up at Gordon's house and, you know, and say, like, hey, you know, we're going to work together now. And what's Gordon going to do? He's not going to turn him into, you know, fish. He's not going to do any of that stuff. He's not going to kill him. And Cobblepot knows that when he says kill me right now, you know. And I think that that's one reason why Gordon was so frustrated because, like, now this little situation that he's in has now gone out of his control. Like, Cobblepot's a loose cannon and the moment that, like, anyone knows that he didn't, you know, dump him in the river – you know he he's in trouble.
2: Um, feel free to stop me if I'm if I'm getting too ahead, of t- too transitionatory. But do you guys think that like I thought that it would have not, not have been a big deal if he told Barbara, oh, this is a guy that I was I was told to kill, but I didn't. All right, Leah. So
1: let's talk about you know Barbara, Kristen, Krueger, uh, Keen. This episode, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that, that that last scene was directly out of Smallville.
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: like, Jim. I mean Clark. I mean Jim. Tell me your secret. I can't, Lana, Barbara. Then it's over. I I,
2: I almost kind of wish that they would play, but this is Fox and not the CW. (laughs) Tonight's episode of Gotham
1: featured music by Five for Fighting.
2: I was waiting for Lifehouse, but yeah. Um, I always do Lifehouse. Do do you guys, this this is me uh, pausing a question. Do you guys think that like, I suppose maybe she'd be in danger if she knew his terrible secret, but like he says, okay, let me explain this to you. Uh, This city's Really messed up I've told you that I was made people who, who have more power than I do instructed me to kill him and I didn't and now he's holding it over me that's who the whole the deal was and that's why Montoya told you that I killed him but I didn't see like do you think that like he was in a position to do that and the fact that he didn't uh, uh, could not have, could have been avoided or do you think that he was right to like keep it a secret
1: last time that he gave Barbara a secret she called uh, the Gotham Gazette. So there is there is that. But it's also I think it's been alluded to in previous episodes that she would be in danger if she had any knowledge of what was going on. I'd have to go back and rewatch the pilot. But I think that um, that was brought up too. that, like, if she knew what was happening, it would put her in danger.
0: Yeah, I think there is a bit of a trust issue there, especially now because of the which is uh, I guess I don't really understand there. I don't know if this relates to what we're talking about. But it's just that I I had a huge problem with that scene about, you know, who's Oswald Cobblepot? Did Renee Montoya? And then it transitions. And I hate when people, like, are able to not answer the question (laughs) by relaying guilt on somebody else.
1: Yes. That was kind of messed up.
0: And all of a sudden was you lied to me. And he's the one that's also lying by not telling her anything. And I'm not really sure how she was lying I guess it's oh. just, like, the omission of, like, telling anything. She's all of
1: a sudden on the defensive. I,
2: I, I really did not like that. Uh, I, 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 I'm, I'll i talk about that later because that's not exactly what we're talking about. Okay. But well, like, then
1: we, we can talk about that, too, because we're talking about the whole Barbara-Jim plot line. I since. think it
0: just connect. I think that's part of the issue now is, like, there's a trust yeah. problem now.
2: You and Montoya – you and Montoya you, – you you, you kissed a woman when I specifically told you not to? Like, he well, yeah, you, you were in a relationship with someone
1: else a year before we – like like over a year ago. You're I mean, all pretty mad about that. Yeah, like you, you didn't cheat. I mean the only thing was like I didn't tell you that I was once with a coworker of yours for a year. I think that that's something that like I'd be – if I was engaged to someone and it turned out that she was in a relationship with one of my coworkers like a year people. before and I had not known um, – I might be a little, like, miffed. Like, I really wish he would have told me that, but I don't know if I would have been as mad as he was.
2: I felt that – because obviously it, it didn't seem to be coming from any sort of, like, like homophobic thing or whatever. It was just like, you know – he You lied was, to me. It, it was a plain – yeah, like, you lied. She didn't –
1: yeah, now, now, now! I never said I didn't date Montoya. Yeah, I'm gonna bring back some iodine. That's why I'm a
0: little burning, about.
1: stinging iodine. I get the what? reference,
0: but, but like, um,
1: like really, like, like, <laughs> that, uh, the world's finest animated series. He,
2: he's, he, goes like, you know, you lied to me. How, it, it was, it was almost like he didn't even know what he was saying. Like, like, like he didn't lie whatsoever. I mean. Because I, I, I think it's in one of the previous episodes. How do you know Montoya? Or maybe ha- has he even asked that? Like honestly, it, 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 it's been
1: danced around. But like this is the first time that like they they are exactly addressing it to each other. She leaves out the whole. You know, Montoya and I were drug addicts together.
2: I, I get why he could be mad at her because obviously Montoya is how you know kind of harassing him or whatever. But the way he approaches Barbara to me is like out of line because he does it from a uh, from a place that's like. Just vague and like like not. It's not correctly directed anger, and I didn't I did not like that because I thought it was just like him being mad just for the sake of it, rather than like like you don't know what Montoya does or whatever. He he didn't get specific. It's like you lied to me, Barbara. And then like the, the scene cuts. We don't see what happens after that. We don't see how they resolve that or how he leaves the room or whatever. So I thought that sucked.
1: Yes, that bothers me on TV shows where like, an obviously uncomfortable conversation happens and the scene ends and all of a sudden like wait so. Did they just, like, walk away and not say a word? Like, w- w- what happened? Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, 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 there was a recent uh, Sp- Spider-Man issue, like, uh, where there was, like, a very uncomfortable dinner, and then all of a sudden, like, everyone's, you know? Take a shot. Um, yeah, yeah, everyone's doing, a, a, like, surgery for Flash Thompson at, uh, was it Parker? And Yeah, it was Parker. <laughs> That's not really
2: Street. recent. That was, like, ten months ago. <laughs>
1: I know. Well, re- re- recent enough, though. Like, it was within the last year. Like, like, oh, it's like, wait, so, like did they leave that dinner with everyone mad at each other? Like, you know, stuff like that, like that, that bothers me on television shows and comic periodicals and other stuff. And yet, uh, so yeah. And then, I mean, I, I made the joke. Well, first of all, um, we can now say that it has been zero episodes since Barbara Keen has left the house because finally in episode four, she has a scene outside the house. But as I alluded to, it was a very Smallville-esque scene. I'll give I'll uh,
2: give you another challenge though. Like, 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 uh, Let's see if she has a scene that does not involve Gordon or Montoya.
1: That's not fair though, because like, what is she going to do? Have a scene involving, you know, B- Boss Maroney or something? Like, she's Gordon's fiance, and Gordon's the main character of the show. So obviously, everything that she does is going to involve, like, one of those two characters or advance those plot lines. Yeah, I so I, I don't think that that's exactly, like, a, as fair of a criticism of saying, like, let's have a scene of her outside of the house. Like, it, it would be a waste <laughs> of time to have, it, to have a whole subplot <laughs> of her, like, you know, shopping for a Christmas tree or something, or a scene of her, you know, like, you know, oh, like, I, I must find a new location for this art gallery that the press material for the show says I'm supposed to have. <laughs>
2: I think I think maybe later on, maybe like on the fourth episode, it's not that big of a deal. I would like to see that happen later on, but I, I'll give you that like early in this in this season doesn't really matter. Well,
1: what else? What else would she do?
2: Something I don't know. She she, she has her own life.
1: No, she doesn't. <laughs> she clearly doesn't. She sits around. The, I've had a tough day. I remember last episode. I've had a tough day. Okay.
2: No, I really. I, <laughs> I don't know. No, I do know. I I think that like they can do more with, it, with her. Although this, this, so far in this series, every character has like is very goal oriented, and they don't really do much besides what their characters are meant to do. So that's just you know the fact of um, how the show is so far in, in early in early in the series. I kind of think that like this show needs to really kind of get into some character developing moments, and rather rather than just say G- like, Gordon's always like you know the, like the. The angry, stressful cop, and, and Bullock's always the Donald Logue-played cop, and, like, I feel these characters – I mean, I, I know it's episode four, and I, I'm not too big into this, but I think I would like to see some more character character developing or at least, like, you know, character exploring moments – from the show like last episode we saw Alfred and Bruce kind of fencing and we saw Bruce like laugh for a little bit as, as, as while he was saying no and stuff like that was yeah. something like that was very welcome because I thought that it, it kind of gave us a break from what we're used to seeing so I think that like I mean I would appreciate soon to see characters to kind of like do other things than just what they've been doing since the series started
0: I think it's hard because there's so many plot lines going on and and because people want to see all of these characters each episode, they uh, yeah, it'd be hard because you'd have to take this character and could it survive like a, just a you know, I think it could, you know, a Jim Gordon centric episode, but then you'd be lost in what's going on, what was going on in this episode with Penguin, and then it'd be like the next episode would happen at the same time, but it'd be Penguin. So, I think the problem is they can't devote that much time to you know, just one character, so it's going to be little bits of pieces of development over the entire series.
2: So, you're saying that, like, um, it would be best for them to stick with what they're doing, rather than, like, you know, waste time, waste, waste the little time they have in doing other stuff? I'm just making sure I understand what you're saying.
0: No. I'm saying that you can't have one episode all about one character, because it would be all lost. Um... The next
1: episode. <laughs> Why are
0: you laughing?
1: Because I'm imagining, like, Lost, where, like, they, there were those, like, character-centric episodes where, like, yeah. you would keep on seeing the I don't the know if we hit. can
0: do that, though. As a Game of Thrones person, I will say Oh, that, man,
1: you're going for the triumph. Uh. Yeah. As
0: book four... Well, this is book uh, books, rather than... Book four focused on a certain group of people, and you kind of lost all of these other main characters because they were not talked about. So you were making new um, acquaintances and learning about all this in a certain area of the world. And then the next book happened at the same time as the previous book, but it was with everybody else. So you're running into the problem of if we focus on like Jim Gordon – in one episode, like what's going on with him, for example. Then the next episode would probably have to do the same thing, but it'd have to happen at the same time that the Jim Gordon episode was happening and it would just get a little muddy. So I think that we can't focus on one character because we have so many plot lines going on that we gotta we have to be satisfied with the little details, the little small character moments that we have and it's just going to be a slow burn through the, the, the entire season rather than a, a huge amount of development as it seems that you want.
2: No 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 well no I, I
1: don't I think <laughs> Shut up you. <laughs> <laughs> not... because of, like like because of the way that you phrase that like what you want. Like, oh, no that's not like, what, that's you it's I like mean... you're like saying to Don like I'm sorry that you want it that way, Don, but that's not what the show Why is. Why are like, you trying to have...
0: create conflict? I'm not Donna. I'm not
2: saying that like I'm not saying I want the show to be about one guy necessarily. I'm just saying that like, you know I would, I would like okay for instance I think that like the fish Mooney stuff was more of a character uh, not not a thing about it more of a just a character uh, subplot for her and but I'm not I'm not saying that she, there's much development, but you know this is what fish Mooney's about last episode we saw you know Alfred and uh, Bruce running around the house we saw earlier I think it was an episode two or maybe three like like uh, we saw how Harvey Bullock interrogates people that's the of what he does I'm saying like, you know it'd be nice to see a moment or two of some of these characters kind of explore more of who they are rather than like, you know, how they relate towards the plot. Like, you know, like uh, I'm I'm just, I'm just saying that I'm I'm not, I'm not saying like, you know, I I would rather them to focus on one person or whatever. I'm just saying like, you know, I would like a little bit more, uh, three dimensionality with these characters when we're showing them. But I mean, I I understand what you're saying. Uh, I would just, I would just like, like for it to be a bit more varied, uh, at times.
1: Do we have anything more to say about Barbara Kane and Jim Gordon?
2: Um, how long do you think she's gonna be out, out, out of the show?
1: I'm I'm sure we'll see her next episode. So, Fish Mooney, um, her version of American Idol, where you have to sing a song. <laughs> and, do you like boys or do you like girls? All right, let's do this. Uh, <laughs> I feel like she's she's looking for a Mercy Graves type person. Actually, like, am I the other one that didn't really to fully understand that? I might be. Uh, no you are <laughs> I'm, I'm a young, naive child There is no way that you couldn't that 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 was very weird I thought am looking like, for a weapon
2: I I, I kind of thought that was like like okay um is, he, is she trying to replace like I know like, like Laszlo was her lover but like is she she's not trying to replace him specifically right she just needs something uh, to, like I, I don't think that I don't she's think she's looking, looking for, for a, a lover She's
0: looking for a spy
2: Okay she is okay because
0: right. that's why she keeps asking about boys or girls, and then she's testing their seduction because she wants them to infiltrate either Mar- uh, Maroni or Falcone. I think that is not necessarily clear. Is, that, is it – I'm sorry. Did they say that? Uh, Yeah, a little bit. At the end with her talking on the bar, the fact that they're weak, she said that they're weak right now, so now's the exact time that I needed you. But you came at a good time. And remember the fact that she sent off her goon to beat up Falcone's girl. So if she's able to yeah. insinuate her bar singer now into Falcone's lap, as it were, then she's got a spy directly connected to Falcone in order to take him out somehow. So it's all like a it's very developed it's a little weird how she did everything, but it's um, very weird how she did <laughs>
2: yeah. that. honestly to me it was like if that was a guy, like you know like how so what do you like, boys or girls well, uh I like girls, well, I'll tell you what, give me a kiss well uh, well, sir, I don't you're doing this for your job now, kiss yeah <laughs> like to me it was it was very like salacious and um I, I thought it was kind of like really, really strange and then honest I, I, I'm, I'm gonna be honest maybe i'm just a very dirty minded man but like when she says okay so you two are our finalists and um you're both good and you both have aspects that it doesn't so we're gonna sell this right now i thought she was gonna like, make them like sing and then like try to service each other
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> but, but then they did the whole dark night thing where it's like you know like, like, like let's see who wins um i don't know I, I, I thought that was very i get i get plot wise now that i was explaining how that what that means but i still thought that was like like do people really like this
1: I, I wasn't sure she was gonna like you know have them replace nadia and natalia or whatever but that that does make sense my initial thought was that she was looking for like a mercy graves-esque person to be in her organization
0: it was really like, like in a I mean, way it very much is
1: yeah Because, you know, she's been saying every episode, like, you know, you talk about, like, the character moments that we have each episode. There's one, you know, like, Penguin has to say there's a war coming and Fish has to say, (laughs) you know, Falcone is weak. Yeah, she does. He will topple soon and I will be the crime boss, you know. And and Harvey Bullock has to, like, interrogate someone and do a bad job at it saying, I know it was you when it wasn't, like, the person. (laughs) I have witnesses.
2: Um... I don't know. I thought that was very kind And also, like, like, like when um, uh, the woman's the woman, like, uh, like the second girl kissed her. You know, so it, was, it was like off screen, almost off screen again. Like her shoulder was blocking it, whatever. Like, they, I think they clearly kissed, but like the way it's shot, it's like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna show you this this hot and sexy female girl on girl kiss, but we're not gonna actually show you that. Like it was it was it was like like right on right up front of the camera. Did you notice that? It, it wasn't as
1: like um. It wasn't as jarring as the Barber King one was where, like, it's a close-up and then it, like, pulls out to, like, you know, 300 feet away on the other side of the apartment. And, like, you see, like, a, a grandma kiss in the shadows. Like, it wasn't like that. I
2: don't know. It was just, like, if you're, if you're going to do it, do it. Like, you know, it, like, like, you're going to show these people kissing, but then, like, you know, this, like, sensor bar is, like, like over the kiss. Like, just to block out this mysterious, you know, midway point that you're not sure how they got there. It's just... Uh, and I I, 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 don't, I don't really care, but, like, honestly, like it's, it's just, like, the way that, like, they're trying to tell the story. I thought it was just
0: kind of... It was interesting when Jim knew that Bullock was going to go see her. He says to her, say hi to her for me. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah, I like that moment. So, Bruce, this episode, he's... I mean, pretty much, you know, he was asking about the Arkham thing and looking into who killed his parents, but... I don't have I don't have much other thoughts there other than what I said when we were talking about the Arkham plot. I still like
2: Bruce's plot, and I I, I don't know if it's just done that well or if uh, I just am that much of a Batman fanboy. But I, like, like Stella said, it, it is going to get it. you. Don't want the show to contrive him to be in the end of the show, but whenever they show him, I'm I'm happy. And it's not just like hooray, David Mazzas or hooray, Bruce Wayne. It's like you know I like what like let's see what they're doing with Bruce Wayne, and by the end of the scene, I like it so.
0: Yeah, and I love how he was trying to, like, a little bit at a time, I think he he's starting to become the character that we know and love. And, you know, last episode, he was starting to... I think he finally is, is deciding that being distressed at everything and, and trying to starve himself out is not the answer. And he's starting to get into social activism. And here, you know, trying to connect the dots, seeing if anything's relating to his parents' murder. So a little bit of the, the detective there, and, and I think a little bit of the, the vengeance as well. And then also uh, wanted to keep that dream alive as well uh, of the of the... Wayne's. So he's not in there, you know, for he doesn't get a lot of scream time, but when he gets it, it really counts, I think, and really is pushing that character forward a little bit at a time, right? Because he's, we can't have too much, or else he'd be Batman next season.
1: <laughs> that would be a really weird thing for this to happen in the show.
2: <laughs> As opposed to all the other characters going to be in it.
1: Yeah. The next episode will be called Viper.
2: A new drug storms on the streets of Gotham on an all-new, quote-unquote, Gotham, Monday, October 20th on Fox. Gordon and Bullock search for the source of a new street drug that causes euphoria, then death. Oh post office. Meanwhile, Oswald Cobblepot works his way deeper into Maroney guest star David Zayas' inner circle and Fish Mooney continues to plot against Falcone in the all-new Viper episode of Gotham airing Monday, October 20th, 9, 10, 9, 8, 8, 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern Pacific on Fox. TV-14 rated dialogue, language, sexuality, and violence. So you don't have to read the rest this, of that stuff.
0: <laughs> so this is basically Vertigo?
2: Was that the one where, like,
1: Lana took that drug where she could see her dead parents?
0: <laughs> oh, no. no. I what but what about Vertigo on Arrow? I mean, this seems like the exact same thing.
1: Tell Vertigo? I I haven't seen um that episode of Arrow or any episode of Arrow for that matter, but um that would be interesting if they did that to tie the two universes together. Did either of you see the 30-second uh, pre- preview promo thing?
2: Yeah, there was very, like... like uh, the girl's going to love this. Like, uh... Was it uh, Fifty Shades of Grayish? Like you, what? you need to prove your loyalty. And this, like, like, like her tie her wrist, and then she's like, okay, she, yeah, that that was weird. Then she like, then she, like smacks that. her in the face, and it's just oh, get with it, girl. Like it was very like like they were leading you to think of one way, and then like I Fifty
1: Shades <laughs> of Fish.
2: It was kind of weird, and then we see uh, uh, the Riddler shows up again, and that's about it. Uh, and did did Bruce jump off of a
1: rooftop? Was I watching? That? <laughs> yeah, he did. Oh yeah, Bruce Wayne kills himself. <laughs> <laughs> um, it looks like. Did, did you see the promo, Stella?
0: Yeah, I don't remember okay. that though.
1: It, it, it's all like like one second flashes. I mean, we see that Selena Kyle's coming back. We see that Bruce is, I guess, going to start. You know, his acrobatic training. Um, I was wondering if Selena Kyle was going to like somehow like participate in his training early on. Um, so maybe that's what's happening. I'm trying to remember what else was in that little preview. Oh, yeah, <laughs> Oswald Cobblepot, he like he comes face-to-face, and he's like, LOL, it was so awesome. I was Fish's former henchman. I know,
2: that's great. I'll kill you. Oh, well, yeah, because like, Maroney has, has the Penguin, and Commissioner Gordon, he's like, oh, I'm going to kill one of you guys or something like that.
1: Yeah, so it's interesting to see how they're both going to get out of that one alive. And Gordon's gonna have to like probably lie his way out of that one again, because you know it's not like Falcone's men are gonna do an eleventh-hour rescue, or maybe Bullock can. Oh yeah, maybe Bullock will. Well, that Bullock
2: does show up and just like like just shoots with one arm out there, like not so fast. Just me. Yeah, that
1: happened in the pilot, and that happened uh, this episode too. Where um, so maybe Bullock will save him and then see that Cobblepot's alive and be like, you son of a bitch, you didn't tell me that Oswald Cobblepot had a twin brother.
2: Ooh, yes, <laughs> he'll be the penguin, Henry James for Pot
1: Oh no! <laughs> um, so, any predictions on next episode?
2: Honestly, when I say I don't have any predictions, that means that I'm not really sure where they're going with the whole uh, Maroni, uh, Moroni and Gordon, at, you know, in the crosshairs kind of thing so I'm interested to see where it goes from there but I'm not really sure
0: no I don't have any predictions I, I'm most interested in seeing what's going on with, with Penguin over there and uh, to see if he pops if he uh, contacts Jim Gordon at all in that particular episode and just how Bruce Wayne figures in and whether we will see Catwoman so no predictions just more like hey is are we going to see this alright we're going to mention
2: um, um,
1: the uh, extended season I was about to say that, yeah. One final bit of news before we close out is that Gotham has been picked up for more episodes. I did have to explain this to someone that that is the norm for TV shows, that like the uh. network will do an initial order of episodes. And if the show is doing well, they will order more before the season is out. And Gotham was initially going to do 17 episodes this season. I think the number is now 18. up to 22, I don't remember. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think the number is now up to 22, which is more normal because I remember thinking, wow, 17 episodes, that's a – short season so but so- someone made a comment on facebook like oh it's interesting that they're doing this instead of announcing a second season like as if insinuating that this means that they're gonna like do like another few episodes to wrap the show up and cancel it but i don't think that that's what's going on because usually early on like within the first month of a show they'll order more episodes and then we don't find out if it's getting like renewed or not until i, I forget when but it- it's different for each tv show i, I think that we'll know by springish. Maybe close to the fall. I I, the, I used to check websites for that with certain shows if I was worried if they were going to get
2: canceled or not. You know what we could do uh, since we know we have an audience. Uh, we do. We well because we have yeah, because people people commenting on them, commenting on yeah. the episodes at, at thebatmanuniverse.net. dot uh, net. We also have another DC comic show out that that typically airs whenever we record this. Spoilers maybe doesn't want that cut out. But we we would like to know. We could be interested in saying. Uh, uh, which people like better, The Flash or Gotham, and why or why not?
1: If, if you visit this website, you know, it's probably better.
0: Why just those two? To be honest, I like Arrow more than Gotham.
1: Um, I like Downton Abbey. I'm sure you do. And Miss Bunting.
0: Give me a break.
1: <sighs> All right, and with that, um, we will see you next week to talk about Viper. This is Josh. This is Don.
0: And this is Stella.
1: And you'll be listening to the Gotham Chronicle
0: podcast.
2: Okay, who is who is that? Surely not of Stella, you're a waterfall again.
0: Um, uh, I don't know what to do. Sorry.
1: It's more than likely that I'm going to get interrupted by the call from during this. And, like, I mean, I'm not going to take the call, but, like, you know how it does their thing where it calls my phone and it like, it puts Skype on hold. Are you, why
2: why aren't you using your
1: laptop? Because the, the laptop fan is very, very loud, so I, I just sound better when I use this. And he's also oh, Don eating has drawn. So I hear him. Hum, 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 hum. No, you're hearing my brother. He's walking back and forth. A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Oh, no, Don is eating. Yeah. No. Oh, I'm not eating now.
0: I hear him. Hum, 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 hum. Okay, finally I am eating.
1: <laughs> 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 I'm actually hearing it too, yeah. Um, <laughs> Do I sound robotic? I remember when I said that he was going to interrupt. That was just. I, I just lost the last 10 seconds. Because of- i did what happened in the last 10 seconds so i had a blackout okay stip.
0: it is difficult <laughs> sorry ad was appearing so i had that while talking it is difficult
1: to. was it a funny ad but,
0: um it's lego something
1: something or another
0: um <laughs>
1: well they're really getting abstract with these lego stuff <laughs> Dustin's gonna love this. It's got lost in Downton Abbey and Walking Dead. Dustin, what are you going to do about it? You were not here when
2: we recorded this. So So For example
1: I'm just Uh, trying to ignore you. (laughs) (laughs) Like in like in the last episode.
0: (laughs) Did I ignore you?
1: Uh, the last episode there's a part in the blooper section where you and I like we're having a conversation oh. and Donovan keeps on trying to talk and then you <laughs> you laugh all of a sudden and say we we're just ignoring Don okay
0: that was a little and she just gives up on it she's, she's like, like
1: whatever let's sleep. go for a walk <laughs> I refuse to believe that you would sleep
0: with the man and then and I'm like um Mary that Wayne. totally backfired I have to say Mary
1: yeah, I guess you were right on that one. I was but, like, yeah, I, just, I was teasing you last week. I was like, but Stella, they've been dating for years, and like they're considering that. You know, she should be able to sleep with them. But okay with yeah. that background?
0: I hope that
2: uh,
0: her other man friend comes
2: back.
1: I wasn't feeling him. I'd be okay with Evelyn Napier because you know, then what if she's the Joker's grandmother?